I am Randall McNeil from Radiant Church in McDonough, Georgia, a suburb of Atlanta. And since uh, we're packed out already, we're going to go ahead and get started about 12 minutes early to give us a little extra time. Does that sound good? Have some time for Q&A at the very end. Uh, I am with my lovely wife, Chris, Christine. We celebrate 25 years of glorious wedded bliss next well, 25 years for me, it's been about 23 years of bliss for her. You know, a couple of years, there were questionable things. No. We have four children. They're 22, 20, 18, and 16. Yes, we didn't have cable TV for a while. Um, yeah, and the youngest is in the room. Whoa. Uh, yeah, indeed. And I am so glad that all of you are here. Is anybody having a, a really good time yet? I mean, like, wow, just the first morning, first session. Uh, didn't you enjoy the, uh, the lunch? One favor, if you have any lettuce and tomato left over, please bring it to me. I want to prepare my wife a salad, okay? She did not get a salad today, and I really want to help her out with that, if possible. So, I mean, you know, coming up on the 25th anniversary kind of thing, just never mind. Uh, don't, don't give me your old lettuce, please. Uh, no, uh, I am, um, I'm really honored today to be able to introduce to you uh, a guy that I just met, actually. Uh, we go way back. Yeah, well, at least three minutes now. So I have a long relationship with him, long, much longer than you, obviously. But uh, I, I do want to uh, kind of give you a little bit of background. Uh, uh, we are. Let me just say this too. We are going to record, uh, or all the sessions are being recorded, so you'll have access to those through a link on the Art Conference website in about two weeks. So don't worry that you didn't get into the last one or someone else that you were with, didn't. Get, they'll still get to, to hear this. Uh, from what I understand, it'll be the, the website. It may still be, yeah, the, you'll, you, because you're registered, you'll, you'll get a link, okay? And so also, as we do Q&A at the very end, we've got a mic for Q&A, so let's make sure your question gets on the recording as well. Does that sound good? Uh, and uh, as I said, my wife and I have been serving as lead pastors of Radiant Church. Which we're an ARC plant five years ago. Uh, and uh, we just this past year moved into our very first building that we purchased. And uh, just an absolute miracle. I'll have to share that story with one of you one day. It's just an incredible journey that God's had us on. And... Um, that's why my hair is gray. It's, it's just sheetrock dust. It's not age, as I promise. A uh, lot of construction going on. But I, I really could, could read to you all that Josh has done. You know, uh, Josh has more than 17 years of ministry experience. Uh, I've got all that. Uh, but you could probably read that somewhere on, online as well. I, but I'd rather tell you his mission. I love this. is to assist churches so that their staffing their systems and their story come into perfect alignment. I think that's really cool. Uh, and it makes me think of a story. This is a, this is a session about unforgettable life experiences. Can I tell you a quick short story about an unforgettable experience? When I was eight or nine years old, so what's that, about 30 years ago. Um, okay, that was a lie. Uh, <laughs> closer to 50 years ago. Dang. Uh, when I was like eight or nine years old, my dad was a pastor, so I'd heard sermons since I was negative nine months. I heard sermons my whole life. And, and uh, 
but there was one season where my dad was traveling around evangelizing. And so my family and I went to a local church where a pastor named George Bass uh, was was preaching. He was the local pastor. And one Sunday during his message, at the beginning of his message, uh, a guy broke in from the side door over here in a mask, had a gun. And this was the day back in the day when they, you know, had the offering plates and they passed the plates and they brought the plates and set them up on that communion table there at the front, right in front of the pulpit. And they set it up there and all that money was there. And this guy came in and grabbed all that money with a gun pointed straight towards the pastor. And my eight or nine year old self was freaking out. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And the guy grabbed all the money, grabbed the offering plates, was running out that same door. And I'll never forget it. A highway patrol officer just happened to be walking in from that same door and he grabbed him and threw him against the wall and handcuffed him and took him out. And it was all set up. The message that day was would a man rob God? <laughs> It's been, seriously, guys, it's been 49 years, and I remember it vividly. So I want to hear what this guy has to say, because I, I want to preach like that. Or 49 years later, some old guy says, I remember Randall McNeil. I want that kind of unforgettable experience. So, wow, I'm getting teary. I'm just thinking about that message. It impacted me. I've been tithing ever since, y'all. I promise. <laughs> so, hey, can we just give a really big classroom three welcome to Mr. Josh Lazar. Thank you. I don't know what to say after that. Hey, listen, um, I'm just grateful to be here with you guys. My name is Josh. Um, I, I served for 15 years on two church staffs, um, really have done almost everything there is to do in ministry. There's two jobs that I have never occupied in ministry. One is the senior pastor and one is groups director because, you know, so, but I've done, I've done everything else, kids, students, guest services, creative worship, the whole nine. Obviously my favorite thing in the world is crafting experience. And so I want to be able to take some time with you guys today to uh, just talk about some principles. Uh, before we get to that, um, what I've done over the last almost four years now is I've traveled the country working with churches and some of your churches and some of you guys are in here today. Um, and I help churches understand who they are, um, not to redefine your vision, but to help you understand how to communicate that clearly. Um, for me, it's about a strategic alignment around those three things that Randall was saying, because uh, I feel like you know, it's like if your car's out of alignment, you wear your tires and it's bad. If your back's out of alignment, I've had two spinal surgeries and I know how bad it is when things are out of alignment. So we're going to be talking a lot about that today is how do we keep the vision of our church in alignment with the, the experiences that we craft and how do we, how do we communicate what that looks like? Um, I, I had the opportunity to do coaching with teams and individuals and on how do they bring this story to life and how do they keep their creative process moving. So I'm, I'm just super honored to be able to do this again with ARC this year and, and um, I think it's gonna be good. So I'm gonna try and keep it as short as I can. I've got a lot to cover, but then we'll do Q&A at the end. But I, I, I try to keep going through life informally. So if there's something that you just wanna like, that's a burning question, you know, go ahead and ask it. We'll, we won't 
you know, we won't worry about it too much. So, um, so we're talking today about creating unforgettable experiences through live production. Um, so we're going to be specifically talking about how do we lead staff and volunteers to create these environments and experiences. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to teach on, and then we're going to got to go through it. So first of all, we're going to talk about like big picture principles that kind of guide over top. And then we're going to talk about experience specific principles on how do we get it into a weekend, right? Um, but before we do that, I kind of want to start at the beginning. So the question is, is like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Um, is it memorable moments or is it consistency? Think back to a couple weeks ago, we had Easter. Easter is kind of one of those things where it's not, it's not a consistent thing. We put a lot of effort into it. Anyone, right? How many of you guys didn't sleep like the week before Easter? All of us? Um, it's a lot of effort to create a quote-unquote wow. But we don't have 52 Easter's. We have one Easter and one Christmas, and then we've got 50 other. We've got we've to establish some consistency on how to lead the people that are serving, how to craft an incredible experience, how to build our skill, those kind of things, right? So the question is, is what's... What, what is it? Is it about creating memorable moments or is it about consistency? Um, I think wow is difficult at first. It's like um, anything the first time you do it is difficult and you have to establish, um, yeah, this is hard to get started. But then I move from um, doing things with excellence. Excellence can take a lot of hard work at first, right? When you're doing something for the first time, you don't know how to do it. You don't know where you've been. You don't know what questions to ask. It's hard to get it to excellent. But once you create a process, you can move excellence to efficiency, right? And then if you can develop a system, you can move efficiency to proficiency, where what took you hours and you didn't sleep, you now can do in your sleep because it's something that we do, right? Wow is easy, consistency takes time. Wow moments are important, but I want to be very clear uh, with all of us. You can't wow all the time. You got to have rhythm. You got to be able to create intentional visual white space where you can allow a moment to breathe. If you're anything like me, like you like hype because you like experience. And so the natural tendency is to kind of like build towards hype. But I think there's something beautiful about rhythm that God gave us. That's why he gave us Sabbath. That's why he gave us one day a week where we're supposed to turn it all off, right? So I just hope that this conference for you this week is an opportunity for you to turn it off a little bit. Now, I know because you're like me, you've got a sickness. You can't go to any restaurant and not pick apart the ambiance and the experience. You certainly can't sit through a worship set in here and not pick apart, pick apart the way that you would have mixed the audio and the way that the, the lights look and the way how everything is just pristine. You have a sickness. But my, my prayer for all of you today is you just take a breath and say, God, thank you for a moment to take a breath. Thank your churches for sending you here. Maybe you paid for your own way here and that's cool too. Thank God that he blessed you with that opportunity. And just say, okay, God. I spent a lot of time crafting experience for other people. Let this be an experience for me. So I just encourage you with that. Don't miss the moments that God is going to give you at this conference. Um, it might be a big moment, but it might be a moment that you have to connect with another person that you can develop a lifelong ministry relationship with. 
take the opportunities. Last week, I had the opportunity to spend with a church in Baton Rouge, um, awesome, awesome group of guys called Love Alive Church. So I got to give this credit to them. You from Love Alive? Awesome. So I was, I was eating dinner with, uh, with some of the staff afterwards in the evening. They took us to Texas Day Brazil, which is always an amazing experience. And then we were talking about leading people and culture. And he, one of them, one of the executive pastors made this statement. He said, you can either manage something or you can chase something. And I was like, I can promise you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that verbiage in my life because it's so true about everything. And it's, it's culture. You can manage it or you can chase it. It's leading creative people. Hello. You can manage them or you can chase them. So we're going to talk about big picture principles. Building teams, you can manage it or you can chase it. It will happen or it will happen the way that you lead it to happen. So here's what happens in our world. Um, We've got, I'm going to try my best to write in a neat fashion here. We've got what I call a highly skilled craft. Right? This is, this is what we do. Because we're leading people, and, and those of us in here in this room, we also participate in it. Um, we run audio. We program lighting. Um, we shoot video. We're, we're designing behind the scenes. Um, I feel like there's value in every type of ministry, whether it's greeting at the door, leading kids. But this is just a little bit different. Would you all agree with me? You've got a set of guiding leadership principles that deal with all types of leadership in every genre, whether that's church world or business world. But then you have this special brand of leadership when it comes to leading creativity and specifically leading creative people very different. You have to learn how to speak a language because as you all know, we're all very different. We look differently, some of us. We come from different places. We have different backstories. Some of us are from the Midwest. Some of us are from the Deep South. Some of us are from other countries and we have different languages that we speak. Not the verbal language, but the way that we interact with each other. So as we're leading people, um, especially creatives, it's, it's a whole nother level, right? So this would be things like training. We've got to train them. This is not working now, but perfect. Thank you. You already saw that happen. This is training. Um, this is equipping. Just imagine this says equipping (laughs) with tools. So these are, if I'm leading teams, I'm going to, I'm going to get them tools so that they can do their jobs better, their ministry. A lot of you deal with leading volunteers. Some of you deal with leading staff. How many of you lead strictly volunteers? Raise your hand. So it's probably the the predominant number in the room. This would be leading them with tools. Um, This would also be defining wins. Hey, we can't know if we're winning if we don't tell them what a win is. And you can't define a win until you know what your why is. When you know your why, that's when you can define a win. When we can define a win, that's when we can remind a team they're winning. What are some simple wins when crafting an experience? Let's, let's use the idea of live production. What's a simple win? No feedback. What? Everyone shows up. 
Everyone shows up on the team. Hello. Those memes, right? You guys follow those like worship memes? Like when everybody confirms on Planning Center? Thank you. What are some other simple wins? No miscues. Thank you. Oh. The internet works. Ableton. Don't rely on the internet. That's not a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a huge fan. Get this. I'm a huge fan of setting the bar very low. And here's why. When it comes to defining the win, no miscues, no late slides on the serve, no, no dead mics when someone comes up to it. Those are very low standard wins. So I can simply establish that we're winning. Then when we're, when we're looking towards the bigger wins, it's like now we're accomplishing something together and we're building it. Yeah. These are the kind of questions we ask here. How's your craft? These are the questions um, that we're having with our volunteers on what are you doing to get better? How can I help you get better? You're, you're establishing a highly skilled craft. The thing I love about leading volunteers, specifically in, in live production, is that we have people maybe are sitting around our presentation computers. We've got a guy there that makes six figures and works as a government contractor sitting next to a 16-year-old high school student. I love that. I absolutely, because in no other universe do those two people sit next to each other and talk, but they actually look forward to serving with each other on those days. Those are the kind of questions we're asking. How's your craft? And here's the last thing we ask is, how can we improve our discipline? And when I say that, it's our discipline of audio, video, lighting, creativity, studio, animation, all those things. Improve discipline. Now, here's what I see across the country. And there are no absolutes, but this one is darn near close. And we all guilty of it. We stop here. Because it's, remember back to the beginning, it's a lot of work to craft experience. And because we're a visual society, and most of our churches, I would say, lean on the the modern worship, we're a lot like the conference on a scaled level of some type. Um, it's life-giving, it's, it's, it's experiential, it's dynamic. But we're, because we are all creatives, we're all artists in some way, we get caught up in wanting to make sure that that thing is awesome. And if we're not careful, we ourselves find our identity wrapped up into that thing that we do and how good it is. And when that thing doesn't go well, or if, or if the pastor or whoever leads us has to come to us, then all of a sudden, like, they're now attacking me, right? You, 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 can, you can make that exponential if you're referring to leading musicians, right? The most emotional group of people on the planet. <laughs> but that's why they write such beautiful music. That's the gifts that God has given them. So we wrap our identity in, in it. But I feel like a lot of times we stop here. This is where we have to tie back to traditional leadership principles. And that's, this would be highly skilled craft. This would be people development.
Now we're not training, we're coaching. How are you as a person? How, are, how can you be better? Not because I want you to be better for my team to be better. I want you to be better so that you can be a better you. We oftentimes in our universe of creativity and, and event planning and crafting experience, we almost completely miss this side because we got a job to do and everybody's looking at us. This is the, the one ministry in the entire church that everybody has an opinion on and they all get to see it. Nobody sees when a greeter doesn't show up, right? Let's be real. But they sure see it if we have a miscue in a service. So we focus on this, but we have to start with people. Now we're, instead of equipping with tools, we're equipping with empowerment. Now, instead of defining wins, we're defining goals. Where do you want to be as a person? What, where do you want your life to go? Instead of asking, how's your craft? We're asking questions like, how are you? Yeah. Take it back to, to Sunday morning. You're at church. A lot of you, a lot of you do like set up and tear down. That's a whole nother animal, right? I completely understand that. Um, the church that I was a part of was mobile for, it's, parts of it are still mobile, but we were mobile for almost 10 years before our first building. So it's a lot, right? And it, we were doing like two semi-trucks, like, like legit 18-wheeler semi-trucks of equipment for the whole camp. It was like a deal, right? Um, and we see somebody, and the very first thing we think of is, did you get that done? And, and our interaction with them is, Hey, did you get that thing done? You didn't respond to my email that I sent you 19 times. Where were did you, you know, did this person get that information to you? And yet we we neglect to have that conversation to look them beyond their eyes and say how are you? And guess what? All of us in this room are the people who need that the most. All of you in this room because of what you do. Your language has a bent, not, not, not blanket statement, but your language has a bent to say, you want people to look you in the eyes and say, how are you? So we have to be leading people in that same way. And then lastly, how, instead of how can we improve as a discipline, we ask, how can we, this is the wrong one. There we go. <laughs> how can we grow as a person? So when we're leading for creativity, this is the side that is, is kind of universal of leading people. You have to be able to speak language. You have to be able to understand people. You have to be able to, to ask them how they're doing. This would be the people develop. I'm going to just do that. Um, but you can't, you can't just approach leading this group of people from, from only that side. That's where a lot of people miss it. You have people that, that try to leave, create, lead creativity or lead experiential teams, and they have no idea how to speak a language. You don't have to be creative. You just have to understand how to understand language and interact with those people. 
And you have to know that this doesn't just work with creative people. You have to you have to engage with this side. This would be the highly, you know, highly skilled craft. It's when you have both that you have effective creative leadership. That says effective creative leadership. P. Let's talk about building culture. Building culture, you can manage it or you can chase it. Culture, that's how your team operates. That's the ethos. That's the how this is happening. That's the how it feels. That's the emotional side of it, right? Culture is going to happen on your team. Culture will always happen. It builds itself. The question is, is, is it happening intentionally the way that you want it to on your team? Which also means you have, to, you have to keep your pulse on culture on your team. And your team has to be reminded that it's fun, that they're winning, and that this is a great place to be serving. The culture that you want to create can only happen with extreme intention. You have to learn how to speak people's language. Um, I'm a firm believer that you can push, how do I say this? Better word, lead. You can lead people to do anything and they will give you their time, they will give you their skill, and they will have fun doing it. It's all in your posture towards them and how you approach them as people. If somebody knows you have my back, then on the flip side, I will do anything for you. Have you ever heard from a volunteer on your team or, or you've ever said this under your breath or maybe to another staff member, I just can't get them to? You might want to check your culture. Um, I, I like to lead by um, taking off the vertical hat um, when appropriate. Vertical hat is like how I lead somebody vertically. But I think because we're wired as human beings, that doesn't always need to be there. There needs to be times where we kick it. There needs to be times where we have fun. There needs to be times where we invest in people. And we have we call a team meeting that's very important, but the entire premise of that team meeting is to have fun. Yeah. Where we're just engaging with each other, we're just celebrating each other. Um, if The more I can laugh with you, the more you know that when I have to call you out because you've mad, made bad choices or you've been um, you know, putting things off and you miss deadlines, you know that I'm not coming from a place of all I want to do is put you down. You're coming, you know I'm coming from a place of I care about you because we were just hanging out last week and you, you bought me gift cards, you bought me a new pair of shoes or whatever it is, however you invest in people. And let me say this, like doing a once a year thing for everybody is awesome but it's, it's the more regular, smaller things that make more of a difference that, that they recognize. Anybody can like spend a lot of money and do an event for a team, but it's really difficult work to build a culture that says this is natural and ongoing. That's when we're going to be able to get to a point of we can craft ex incredible experiences together because it's just like the concept of the military. Anybody come from military families? I, I, I live in a military area being in Baltimore. There's NSA and then there's army bases everywhere. Those, those I don't even know what they're called. Forgive me for not knowing, but uh, 
like battalions and teams and whatever, they know that they all have each other's back and they go into it knowing that like you've got my six and I've got yours and we're in this together. Um, it happens intentionally. Um, you have to balance, balance expectations with downtime and fun. That's as simple as that. We have to build expertise when it comes to the disciplines. You can either manage it or you can chase it. Manage it says, I'm not okay with not knowing all the nuances of this camera and what all it can do to increase the experience. Building expertise says, I'm not okay with not knowing how to operate this audio console, with not knowing how to um, learn new tricks to edit video and film for the experience. You have to be a student of the game. And by game, I mean whatever that thing is that you're focused on. This is one of the things that, that I've is a natural tendency for me. I've always been a student of the game. Things that I get into, um, I study all about it. And like if it's a hobby thing, I always want to go out and buy the very best of that thing, even if I suck, right? I have to look like I'm a really great golfer, even though spending $400 on a driver is going to allow me to hit it further into the woods, right? <laughs> I have, like, I'm the I'm kind of person that I go all in. So I want to encourage you, be a student of the game. Learn your craft. Learn new things about your craft. Don't ever be content with staying the same. Now, don't confuse that with your identity. Back to the beginning. Do not confuse that with your identity. I want to tell all of you this. Let me let you off the hook. You don't serve in live production, you don't craft experiences, you don't lead teams because that's what God expects of you. You do it because you're artists. You do it because that's who you are. Do not get it twisted. God has called you his children. He has given you the identity of child. End of story. As you're leading people, allow them to understand the same. But be a student of the, of the game. You are not a successful leader if you know 100% of everything in your department. You are a successful leader when you can empower, empower other people to know their thing 100%. Does that make sense? You are not more valuable on your team if you know everything and are the best at it. Let yourself off the hook, number one. And number two, you're not doing your job. I always knew that I could be successful in leading people because I, I always try to lean more. If I have to err on a side, I'm going to lean more on people because I understand how people interact. Listen, I, I can outrun anyone any day with less skilled people who have a heart to learn and grow than with skilled people who don't care. So as I'm leading this, I have to come from a posture of I understand that I am successful if I don't know all the nuances of the audio console, if I don't know how to program lighting. Because that way, in a situation where things are kind of flaming, right, I don't have to be the one to fix it. I can literally stand by with a smile and high-five them and say, you got this, you got this. Plus, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> it's a great feeling. <laughs> but you have to come from a place of understanding that you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. 
Leading creatives is about harnessing their skills. I led, I led a, a large creative team of staff members that did everything from worship to animation, film team, studio, the whole nine. And I was probably the least creative person on that team. And I was okay with that. You have to come to a place, again, where your identity is not wrapped up in how good you are, but God has called you to lead these people. All right, let's talk a, a little bit about experience-specific principles. I want to do, do an exercise with you. Your why, W-H-Y, is always superior to your what. The what being, what is our service order this week? Um, what is audio? What is lighting? What is video? Um, your I identifying wins clarifies through your why. How are we communicating this? Um, I want to ask you this. Let's do an exercise. How many of you, just raise your hands, how many of you have define what it means to serve on a team at your church. Raise your hand. Maybe 30% of the room. How many of you have stated wins on your team and you've communicated with them? Okay, awesome. You guys are doing great. Let's, let's workshop this a little bit. Who, who wants to kind of tell us what, the, what the, the vision of your church is overarching? And you can state it clearly. All right, what is it? Connect people to Christ and move them along in their spiritual journey. How can we tie that to, to a why for our creative teams? Let's talk about that. What does that look like? Say it again one more time. Connecting people to Christ and moving them along in their spiritual journey. How can we connect it to leading people that craft experience? What? Through the experience, obviously. Right, so we can, we can identify the experience. We're going to connect with people because we know that this message that we're communicating is going to, what's the last part of it? Move them along in their spiritual journey. Move them along in their spiritual journey. Guess what? We are all a part of crafting this experience, and this is where it ties back to vision. You are not just pushing a fader. You are helping people move along in their spiritual journey. You are not just panning a camera. You are moving people along in their spiritual journey. That's how we're going to get to a place where when we're crafting experience, we can tie it back to this is, this is not just doing the thing that we're doing. You're not just rolling cables at the end of a Sunday. Like, that's dumb. Like, if that's all we're doing, right? <laughs> but, pe yeah, we're just, we're just working. If, if all we do is expect people to give us something for their time, that is the same thing as spiritual prostitution. But if we can lead them to craft something experience and we tie it back to a vision, that's when we create something really special together. You have to create a process and stick with it. This is the hard part. Here's, here's a, a question. And I'm going to give you these notes. I've got... I've got Kind of some, I've got this graphic that actually looks nice. Um, and I've got some other tools for you. One of them is a service planning matrix. And here's, here's the big question. This will help you in everything that you do when it comes to equipping teams and creating a process. Two questions. Who needs what by when? You can create a process off of those questions. Who needs what by when. I don't have time to go through it because I don't want to waste time for the Q&A. But what I've done is I've created 
a 10-week kind of planning matrix for you that says if if the pastor gives me an idea of what his sermon is going to be on week 10, that gives me 10 weeks to do sermon series brainstorming, deliverables assigned to a team by project management. T- give it, you I have time to execute an idea. How many times have we like got an idea on Thursday and we're like, we can't do that. It's Sunday. Um, we've got to we've got to we've got to build time in there for edits when somebody doesn't like something. How many times have you produced a video and it's like we can't show that we don't have time to edit it because it's not right, or that did not communicate the way that we filmed it or the way that we thought it would communicate. Got to have a, a final presentation where everybody signs off on it. That way, on Monday morning, when when somebody says, "What was the deal?" We're like, "Well, everybody was there. You all signed off on it. You create a process. When you can create a process." There is more creativity with greater constraint. I know that sounds so counterintuitive. Your team will be more creative. Your, your production teams will execute better under greater constraint. Not oppression, boundaries, guidelines, process. That's how you can make something consistent. That's how you move it from efficient to proficient because you create a system. I think when you're, when you're crafting experience, you have to learn about things that aren't like you. We all craft experience the way that we speak language. Have you ever heard of the, you, you, most of you heard of the five love languages book? The idea is that we like, are naturally bent around the idea of we show love the way that we like to receive love. I'm definitely like a words of affirmation type of person. I'm definitely like acts of service so like it's all about me you know I love I love receiving whereas my wife she's definitely a quality time person and that drives me crazy so I'm like I'm here with you what is that you know I'm chilling and I just want to I just want to hang well she's like wants to talk I'm like oh. I'll give you 15 minutes because that's all I got you know we have to in, in relationships we speak a certain language when it comes to crafting experience we have to learn other languages we have to we have to learn about ways to communicate and craft experience for people that don't speak our language for people who don't worship like us so here's the question that i've been asking myself lately just kind of globally for the church is what happens when we go off script what comes out of us is who we are um i I get to travel in a lot of different circles. And there's, there's definitely um, kind of a, a traditionally white experience of going off script. I, I see a traditionally gospel experience of going off script. And I, the church that I'm a part of, you, you, you probably met Pastor Jimmy on stage, black guy, um, awesome. The church is built around creating a diverse experience. And I love the fact that he's, we're asking questions of what does it look like when we go off script? Is it always one way? And I'm a firm believer that we'll never go a different way when we go off script. Like when, when the Holy Spirit moves, that's what I'm talking about. Like when things aren't going according to plan and, and we just got to go off script, we're never going to learn other language if we don't stop to ask questions. How are you going to accomplish that when you're crafting experiences? You got to ask people who aren't like you. I have determined in my life, in this next season, I'm going to ask more questions than I give answers to. When it comes to this world, when it comes to crafting experience, when it comes to people who aren't like me. 
I just want to understand you as a person because that's what I care about. I don't, I don't know what it's like to be you. So help me understand what it's like to be you. We can ask and create focus groups around experiences. Maybe you're doing a sermon series, but none of you know what, what to say or what to do or what experience. Ask. Pay people money. I, I, I recommend this to churches across the country. Get people who you know don't know Jesus and say, will you give me one hour of your time? I'll give you a $75 Visa gift card. Give me one hour of your time. I want to ask you why people don't go to church. I want to ask you why it's weird. I want to ask you all these questions. Guess what? They're going to give us the real answers. We think we know because we're the pros. They're going to give us the real answers. So ask for people who aren't like you. Be original and be authentic for God's sakes. Please be original, be authentic. You will never fit someone else's puzzle piece into your puzzle. So don't try. You're never going to be Highlands. So don't try. God has given you a unique calling. He's given you a unique vision. He's given you a unique expression of worship. Figure out what that is and be authentic to it. This is never about crafting hip or cool or awesome or relevant experiences. This is always about authenticity. So be authentic. Create experiences that are unique to your culture and then fit your context. While on the flip side, we have to find ways to stretch people and lead people along. Here's a quick one. This is called an impact matrix. When we're crafting live experience, it's very simple. Over here, you've got high cost, low cost. This would be low impact, high impact. <coughs> Ask yourselves these questions, everything. This is like how much time it's going to take something. That's a resource. This could be how many dollars we're going to spend to create a film. This would be what type of series stage design we're going to create. You have to ask yourself these questions. Obviously, um, you want to stay away from high cost, low impact. This is like a no-go zone right here. Low impact, we're spending a lot. That's stupid. That's foolish. Be better stewards. Obviously, the best place to be is in this high impact, low cost. Find ways. You have to ask yourself the questions when you're crafting an experience. Um, typically, and I'm oversimplifying things here, zero to 80% um, take us a lot of time and 80% is where like the, the, your people, the congregation, the audience are going to notice it as, wow, that's really amazing. But because we are who we are, we're going to want to take it from 80 to 100, but almost nobody is going to notice the extra effort, but we're going to spend twice as we're going to spend 30 hours creating 80 to hundred. What took us 15 to get from zero to 80 and some things this is a secret. Some things are just okay to be good enough because they still communicate. Some things might be low cost, low impact, but we're making an impact and it doesn't need a lot of effort. And then lastly, always evaluate. If you don't evaluate like you are not growing, you're not going to get better and you certainly aren't going to be able to have opportunities to encourage and coach people along. Um, a, a couple of things that I've done that are very simple. You might have heard of most of these. One is hits and misses. What, what do we do well? What do we not do well? Um, it's good if, if they kind of balance a little bit. 
we're always going to naturally make the misses column bigger because we pick apart things. And I'm just telling you what was really awesome for me and eye-opening and convicting was spending years on a church staff and thinking everything mattered and then not going, then not working for a church. And like a lot of Sundays when I'm not with a, another church somewhere, I'm just at home and I'm, I take my kids and I check them in. That's very weird, right? But one of the things I noticed that became very apparent is I don't, I don't carry a, f a piece of feedback with me to launch and talk about it at launch. I don't, I don't say um, that video glitched and I don't, I don't talk about that at lunch, but all of us do. So we have to come to a place where we're evaluating, but we're just keeping it real, right? Um, this is one to do kind of like um, semi-regularly. What is right? What is wrong? It's called the four helpful lists. What is right, wrong, missing, or confusing? These are great to do like on your big events, like back to school, Easter, Christmas. What was right about it? What was wrong about it? What was missing? What, what should we have done there that would have communicated better? Or what was confusing? Um, how many of you ever created a piece that we all like got all the inherent meanings and it was amazing? We had everybody walking out of the experience saying, what the world was that? <laughs> all of us, right? We have to save the weird art for ourselves. <laughs> we have to be able to create things that, again, it's about high impact. Moving is one thing, confusing is another. So always take time to evaluate. Bring in other people. Maybe pull in a, a, kid's, a kid's volunteer who happened to catch the second service. Ask them what their opinion was on it. And don't be afraid to, to respond when it stings a little bit. I've always said this in ministry and specifically when it comes to crafting an experience that everybody has an opinion on. You have to be like a baby rhino. Thick skin, soft heart. If we have a thick skin, we can become very callous and come, you know, come across like a jerk. But if we're too soft-hearted, then we're going to wear our emotions on our sleeves and everything is going to hurt us and we're going to be defeated all the time. So you have to find that balance, and it's a balance. It's a struggle to get there. And then lastly, we have to follow up. Otherwise, it does no good. You have to create action steps for those misses, those confusing things, what was missing. All right, before I forget, I've got all these notes for you. I can email them to you, but shoot me your info here. Wave.us forward slash app session. And I've got more tools that I, I didn't take time to go through, but they'll be in there and they'll be helpful. All right, let's do some Q&A. Love to be able to we can t hit anything on the spectrum. Yes. Hang on. We want to make sure we get it for the recording. Um, you talked a lot about language. Um, can you just kind of expand on how do you learn language um, when you're talking to creatives or that sort of thing? Yes. How do you learn language when you're talking to creatives? You have to ask. I know that's a way over simplification of an answer, but in your one-on-one -on -one meetings with them, you ask them this question, how can I be a more effective leader to you? How do you need me to communicate with you? 
If you tell me how to communicate with with you, I will communicate with you in the in the manner that you need because I understand how important it is for me. So I think I think asking them what language they speak, they'll tell you. Everybody wants to tell somebody else how they want to be communicated to. They're going to give you an answer very very freely. So all you have to do is ask. But again, I think that comes back to this of like understanding that they know that you want to develop them as a person before you want to develop their highly skilled craft. We always, we, we default here. But when they know you're, you're, you're caring about them also, um, they're not going to feel comfortable telling you that unless they see you taking the time to regularly spend time with them and understand them. That's when they'll be a little bit more vulnerable to give you that answer. Yes, I'll repeat it since you might not be able to get to him. Yes. How do you recommend training volunteers on the technical side? Yep, great question. So what he's asking is in a mobile environment, how are you that where the stuff is in a trailer behind a lock gate and I ain't going through the trouble of doing that, you know? How do we train volunteers in their technical aspect? Well, there's 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 a few things that I have done that have that have actually been very successful. Um First thing is, is you negotiate with the venue that you're setting up and tearing down in, either go long on a weekend, um, where you can serve them lunch, give them some downtime, because I know it's already been a long day, and you can do training afterwards. Or, um, if you're a strictly Sunday week, Sunday worship experience church, um, negotiate with the venue to come in and set up on Saturday. Um, you, when you're doing those things, you're spending more money to rent the venue, so you have to be prepared. You have to make sure that if you're calling people together for training, that you're giving them something of value that they can walk away saying, I'm so glad that I stayed extra after I got there at 5.30 in the morning already. I'm so glad I, I came in early and gave up my Saturday morning because that was so helpful, and now I'm going to be well, way more equipped for Sunday. So you set up or you stay longer. Um, you can always set up your equipment during the week somewhere else. That's a whole lot more work. In times where I've done it that way, we've had staff do 100%. Even people who didn't know what to do, I would, I would tell people how to do it. And we would set it up for them. So when they got done at the end of the workday, and they were coming to maybe another local church that we use their auditorium for, this works really great. And if you're a portable mobile venue church, um, if you find another local church, that doesn't have permanent chairs that you can just strike all their chairs and you can set it up like you do just kind of like a little bit tighter. Obviously like front of house to the stage is going to be really close because you're setting it up within the seating. Um, but that way when they roll in after work at 6:30, it's all ready for them. And now we can go right into training. Um, lastly, um, there are so many resources out there on YouTube is huge. And almost every manufacturer of every product has a whole slew of their own official training videos. And then there's a whole lot of other people that make training videos because they like to make training videos. And they're like a geek about that Digico console or that MA lighting, you know, yeah. and they just want to tell people about it and that's all they care about. So there's, there's lots of resources. Um, and the cool thing is, is you don't have to be the one to find all those. You encourage them to, and that's why when I'm when I'm developing a person and I'm coaching them, I'm asking, you know, on the highly skilled craft, I'm asking like, how can we improve your discipline? Um, encourage them. Just say this, these words. There's a bunch of stuff on YouTube. It'll train you. And if somebody really likes it, they're gonna they're gonna like 
be at work researching MA videos on on YouTube. Does that make sense? There's a whole lot of a lot of ways to do that. Um, also, um, I would invest in if if you're in a city that you know has a a much larger church than yours, where you where they have very skilled staff members, pay them to come and do the training. You don't have to be the one to training. Remember, you're more successful if you're not the best person at it. So hire other local, guess what? Those other people are gonna be grateful because they love talking about what they're good at and they're gonna make, they're gonna make a side gig, right? So, yes, over here, hang tight. Thanks. How do you bridge the gap between um, brainstorming sessions with a bunch of creatives and then actually kind of the um, implementation process, especially with volunteers, when like, you get together and everyone has all these ideas, and they go home and they go back to their jobs. Yep. And so how do you kind of see those creative things actually implemented in a service? Great question. I think, first of all, when you start that meeting, you have to be very clear about expectations. Um, this is why you're here. Um, your ideas are gonna help us craft an experience, but your ideas that we gather today could potentially spark other ideas, and you're a part of the process. When I'm, when I'm leading people for this, I always, this is a huge thing for me. When you lead people, lead them to love the process, not the product. Love the process, not the product. If you love the product, I get pissed when my idea didn't make it on the stage. I'm really bummed when the senior pastor says, I know you spent 15 hours making that short film, but God gave me a different direction. Like, why couldn't God gave you that different direction before? But it's like, I, which again, planning process is important. And if your senior pastor really wants to, to you to be successful, then he, this is a hard part. We have to lead upward. I, there was a point in my ministry where I had to ask my senior pastor, like, I want your sermon 24 weeks ahead of time. Like I want it to and it's like, it started at 12 weeks, and then I asked for 16, and then I asked for 20, and then 24. So you have to have that relationship. But I think it all comes back to expectation. Like, the pr don't fall in love with the product. So by that, I'm saying you have a bunch of volunteers. All I'm doing is getting you to help us brainstorm, and a successful night is that you've, you've given us ideas. Now, some of them you can ask to help deliver on the product. Um, Hey, that's a great idea. What's your name? What's your, yes, Meredith. Meredith. Meredith, you had the idea. That's an awesome idea. Is there? Would there be any way that you could help us execute that? No, I don't have any time. Okay, no problem. Um, that's either something we could table or we'll find somebody else that can. Or you, if you have the idea, you might want to be passionate about doing it. But if I have a process and I've given enough time because I've built the system, then I'm going to give you the tools to be successful because I'm giving you time to execute it. Because you're going to have to like put the kids to bed and then spend time working on it on your laptop at home. And then you're going to have to get it to me and I'm, we're going to have to talk about it. We might meet again, give like a halfway point. So I think it comes down to like giving clear expectations on what you're asking them to do. And that's a success. And then be, beyond that, you should not leave any creative meeting without a set of who does what by when. You have to have action items and you have to keep people accountable. Otherwise, you have these amazing, fun, creative meetings that are just creative meetings and waste people's time. Yeah. Don't do that. There was another one somewhere over here. Yes, she's got um, the mic. You talked about being a student of the game, but mm -hmm. how do we inspire that on our teams? Yep, you, 
I think you have to lead by example in a lot of ways. Um, one of the things that I always did was I would always share something new that I learned that week. You know how we say things when we say things? Me saying, hey, guess what I learned this week about this thing, or I was reading something on whatever website. By me communicating that, what that says is I'm a student of my game, so I'm inspiring that in you. Um, secondarily, I think it comes down to saying like, going back to if, if people know I have their back, then I believe I can almost ask anything of them and they will, human beings will only go as far as they're stretched but I believe that we'll go farther than we ever think we could if we are stretched. We will never reach our full potential by ourselves. So if we're in a place where we're, they know we have our back, then we can say, like, what are you doing to grow? What are you doing to move forward? Like, be a student, learn it. I wanna encourage you. And if there's anything that I can do as your leader, I will give you tools. I will pay for a training. I will, I will buy you that tutorial set or I will give you a subscription. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, empower them. It's it's the difference between um, you know it's it's both and it's equipping them with tools and equipping them with empowerment. But I think I think it starts. It's got to start with leading by example. Yes, I just wanted to say something real quick. Um, I, we're in heat stroke territory in this room, and I know this ends soon. But I'm Justin Firesheets. I'm the production director here at Highlands. I just wanted to pop in and say hey to everybody. But a lot of people always ask if they can come hang out in the booth during services Perfect. or sessions or whatever. Everybody welcome, okay? There's, there's 90 of us, so we ain't all going to fit in at once. But at any point, y'all can come hang out at front of house. You can come up into the production booth at the back of the bleachers. Don't need to RSVP. Don't need to knock. Don't need to have a password. Just show up. Say, hey, come and go. Um, rehearsals will be open. If you want to come in the main room, if somebody gives you a hard time, just say, Justin, the production guy. I'm meeting him here and just pretend like you're looking for me, okay? So, uh, Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, Let's so, give him a hand. Um, thank you for that. That's very generous. Sound check starts at question mark o'clock. Um, I don't exactly remember when that cranks up tonight, but probably about five, wait, doors are some, probably about 4.30. So here in a little bit after this stuff wraps up, they'll probably get cranking up. That's so good. grab some dinner, come back. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Sound check at 6.30 or 7 for the early session. You can come through at any point whenever you want to. If you want to see how we do it behind the scenes, we can walk you through behind the stage. It doesn't matter. That's what we're here for. We're here to serve, okay? Perfect. So just a little commercial before we all pass out and die because there's too many people for OSHA codes. Thank right? you so much, Justin. Got time for a few more. Yes. Hi, I'm just curious about you in terms of what in terms of whether it's creating videos or lighting or sound, what would be an area that you've specialized in and or that you enjoy the most? What is an area that I specialize in and enjoy the most? I've done it all. Let me let me give you kind of the, the background here. Um, I I went to a church plant that it had been a plant. It's an arc plant. It was an arc plant. And um, when I went to the church, the church was about 150 people. I was a third staff member hired. Um, and I was the one kind of hired to kind of craft experience. Um, fast forward, I, I resigned from the church. Everything was awesome. Like, I, I, I resigned in a good way. I left well. By the way, if you ever leave, leave well. How you leave one thing is how you enter the next. Um, seven years later, the church was running almost 5,000, several campuses. Um, we were the only church in America at, a, at, I think, that had ever done it that way. But in strictly portable locations, doing fiber optic point-to-point -point worship, like the whole synced everything. So I say that to say I, I was the guy crafting the experience. I was making the videos. Um, 
we had a production team of one, and it was an well, actually two. There was an audio engineer. We called him an engineer, but it was like he ran sound. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and we had a producer, and she would tap him on the shoulder when it was time to like unmute him. That was the producer. So we were kind of like growing, and we grew that to staff members and several hundred across all the campuses that that did those things. But like as with anything, I had to do it all. Um, I was I was making videos. I was even like teaching for a, like a young adult service on Sunday nights, like at one point. So I would like make videos all through the week, you know, lead people, you know, for the coming weekend, crafting experience, leading. I was leading those. Like I'm thinking about those times. I was leading those volunteers because there was a time where the where the creative meetings were all about volunteers. So I've I've literally done everything. Um, I I don't know. I think my favorite part is just like like looking at things from 30,000 feet and, and seeing them happen. Like I'm a weird person. Um, I, I like, I, I, some days I can't tell if I'm more left brain or more right brain because I can see things at a 30,000 foot view, but then I can build all the action steps to get it to the ground and execute it. Um, so I, I've kind of done a lot of everything. I design, I'd make films. Um, I, I think I think personally I think w one of the things that's most fun for me is like engineering audio just because it's like for me it's a fun thing. I do that at my church as a volunteer every once in a while. Um but it it feels weird just because it's like it's kind of a, you know, I like to be up here but What else? Yes. Um I know that being a part of like production creating experience in a church environment can be very intimidating mm -hmm. and it can be an intimidating team to join yes how do you make creative teams production teams the team to be on absolutely it all comes back to the culture that's a great question that was something that that i struggled with for a long time it's like we can't get like when you say we can't get you have a culture problem when you say they won't you have a culture problem I identified we had a culture problem because we couldn't get people to join our team. Why? Because it, it was it it because we 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 only were focused on this. Did you get that done? How come you didn't respond to my email? Why don't you ever freaking respond to Planning Center? Like all all those things. And a team forgets they're winning. When you focus on this, I'm telling you, this is almost like magic. It really is. When you create a an opportunity to define wins, to identify your why. It always has to go back to the why. Then at the end of the weekend, at the end of two services or one service or five services, you celebrate with those teams. Hey, great job today. It's fun. Maybe one weekend you just bring in, like you've got like five $5 Starbucks cards in your, in your, in your pocket. And you're just like, hey bro, I appreciate you today. You know? And, and then they're having fun, they're laughing. You also need to create a culture that it's not all about business all the time. It is not always about getting the task done. We're task people. We like, I like to write out lists so I can cross them off. I'm in the process of like getting my home ready to sell and I've done things already, but I, I, wrote, I wrote it down so I could then cross it off, right? We're, we're list checkers because that's what we do. And so we, we default there. But we have to we have to not be business all the time. We can't take ourselves too seriously. When we do, 
It's not fun. It's work. There, and there will be seasons in every ministry where it's not fun and it's just work. But you got to identify it ahead of time. you got to identify things before they feel it. That's a good leader. And then you can, you can, you can begin to identify where a culture is slipping and then correct it. And when, people, when you're reminding a team that they're winning, they're having fun. And rem- like there have been times where, where I would just say, oh, my gosh, we're having so much fun together. And people who weren't smiling started smiling. It's just contagious to say, oh, my gosh, we're having so much fun together. Right? Then we're laughing. Hey, guess what, guys? We're going we're gonna to have, have a contest. Whoever can recruit the most people to join our team, you're, you're going to win a $100 gift card. Because it's, now it's a game. Now there's money involved. Now we get to win something. And we're all competitive people in this room. So I think it all comes back to culture, and it always comes back to how you're positioning your team to win. That's when your team can be the team. And you're right. It's intimidating for somebody to say, I really, I like the, the you know, in, in some places, like, you got the, you got the $25,000 camera sitting on a tripod. And it's somebody who's like, you know, I, 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 okay, that looks like fun. Um, one of my favorite volunteers was as a girl. She was a college student. She was literally like four foot ten. And she would, she would actually stand on a box to get, like she was like 22 years old, but she looked like she was 14. She would stand on a box to, to, to do the, uh, the tripod. Um, but it's all about creating a team. And then guess what? She was like a networker type social person. So she got all of her friends from college to come join the camera team. Because she knew she was winning and she was having fun. Yeah, so, yes. Kind of a more about the culture side. Yes. How do you fix the scenario without saying names that they would know? We had a scenario where somebody was running audio. Yes, somebody was running audio. And the worship leader ripped into them after the service. And the worship leader ripped into them after the service. Okay, is the worship leader a staff member? Paid. Paid. Okay, so, okay, so your contract worship leader is the audio director a paid? All right, so I, I would go straight to the worship leader, and I would have a corrective conversation in love. But you have to help with that type of thing. I, I This is just my style, so I'm just kind of label this as personal opinion. I wouldn't go to that person with a direct, like, that was the dumbest thing you've ever done. I'm more, I lean more of, like, the ask them questions. Um, I, I feel like that's the way that I lead. I like I ask questions. All right, help me out here. Um, I, I kind of overheard this conversation. Tell me what you were thinking. Okay, I was thinking this and this. It was horrible. Okay, I'm not asking you that. We all agree it was horrible. What made you decide to rip into that way? That way? Well, I'm pissed. Why are you pissed? Are you okay? Well, really, the issue is not that the audio sucked. The issue is that um, his girlfriend left him yesterday. You're having conversations. Um, I, I, you can never outstrong a strong person in leadership, but you can always outlove them. So if that person is a dominant personality, you, you trying to be stronger than them isn't the way to do it. Like Jesus wasn't a cowboy. He was a shepherd. So we have to lead people, not drive people. Now, if a guy's a jerk ongoing, then we can have the conversation, hey, we've had these conversations, and you agreed with me that that was a poor choice. You agreed with me that because you're paid here on staff that you represent us, and this dude's volunteering his time. 
You agreed to me that, that wouldn't happen again, and this has happened three more times. Guess what? Next time, you're not going to get a paycheck, and we can find somebody else. Because I, I will outrun you any day with somebody who's a volunteer and less skilled that has a heart to learn. Because I can coach them. So you have to have proper conversation. But again, that person won't respond to you unless they know they, that you have their back. Contracted people, this is, I think, one of the biggest struggles in the church today of just contracting musicians and leaders because there's a level of, I'm doing this, listen, I, I'm not saying it's a right or wrong. I think it's like one of those things that everybody has to, thank you, ha has to figure out how they manage it. But um, it's like they don't really work here, but we still need to hold them accountable. So I think it's just a matter of like, um, if they don't buy into your vision at your church, then they don't need to be contracted. But I think it's just all about the questions you ask. So one last question. Sorry, and I'll be up here afterwards too when we break. I'm a senior pastor, so maybe some other senior pastors will listen to this. Um, we don't have a person that oversees everything. Just everything just kind of, there's a sound guy, there's a worship people, there's, but nobody coordinates or develops. There's no director. No creative, whatever, technology kind of person. How would, a few ideas on how I can find a person like that and put them on, bring them on a team? I think the best thing that you can do as a senior pastor is task someone else to find that person. Because what we are all called here to do is to support and come alongside the vision that God has given this ministry in crafting experience. So I would find somebody that you trust that can help lead that charge. But guess what? Um, there might be, I'm not saying that there is, just because somebody's good at a task does not mean they would be good as a leader of those tasks. Very important distinction. Right. But I would encourage you to find somebody that you trust to find a leader, but it you, it could be that some maybe the guy who's running audio is capable of leading that team. But all you need is for somebody, and it doesn't have to be like this massive undertaking. It could be very simple in saying, um, here's three things I want to make sure that, that, that get done every week. Well, we got a job description. We're trying to hire somebody just for this. But how do I go about, because it's not like getting somebody to greet or do parking or because there's a, it's skill, a highly skilled craft and we Absolutely. need them to be able to you know develop videos edit videos uh know how to get sound videos we're multi-site we you know video cameras you know we've got a huge thing and no, nobody knows how to do all that stuff or yeah. even how to get the people to know how to do all that stuff so you're hiring someone yeah i'm hiring yeah somebody. i mean there's there's several like headhunting firms out there I, we could talk offline about that. Okay. There's people that can help you hire the right people. Okay. Yeah. How much <laughs> He's looking for a job. Hey, thank you so much, guys. We, we, we got a break now. Hit me up. Um, hit, hit me up here. We'll get, we'll get you all the notes. Thank you.